Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's plenty of decisions that we make and a common everyday kind of thing. We start the service at 6, we end at 7.30, you know, that's the kind of thing we do. Okay, We don't need God to come and say, no, it should be 6.22 and 6. That's foolishness. We have common sense things that we do. We wear shoes, we wear dude, although when you're teaching them, you don't teach your shoes on, whatever, you do that because that's what they do. I don't have to consult God, that's normal stuff. But in the basic decisions of life where I'm having choices between here and there, every area of my life, every area of my thought life, I cannot be on the throne. If I am, I've disobeyed the first commandment. The fall of man happened because Adam and Eve were hung up on someone else telling them what to do. If you have children, you've experienced a similar thing from them. The problem comes when you try to make the important decisions on your own. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the responsibility of the Christ follower to let God be the ruler of their life. You'll hear about the danger of trying to live by your rules rather than letting the one who knows the future lead you through this life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, No Other Gods. John 6, 38, first one. And we'll turn very quickly. Notice what Jesus said. He's our role model. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So who's making the calls? God's making the calls. Now go over to John 8, 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man... Then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. Now let me ask you a question. Who's making the calls? God is. Jesus, I'm not on the throne. My Father's on the throne. He's on the throne of my life. You see, he's on the throne of my life because I have no other gods. Before me. Remember, Satan said, just bow down and worship me. You know, no, 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 no. You can only worship God. Well, what is worship God not having other gods? It's all entwined with one word, obedience. Who's on the throne? Who's making the calls in your life, in my life? One more. John 4, verse 34. I won't take time to go into all the concepts of where this is at. You're familiar with it. My food says Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, there's his will again, and to finish his work. 
The board of directors, only one, God, says to Jesus, here's your work. You finish it. You don't assign it. You don't make the calls. I make the calls. So Jesus simply was showing us here that the throne in Jesus' life was filled with God. Listen to Kurt Warner. Statement in the newspaper. Everything I do, everywhere I go, I'm trying to live up to or represent Jesus. Having the faith I have is first and foremost in my life. That's right. That's it. Doesn't matter. The one making the calls? God. Now, turn with me. One more passage. Romans chapter 12. Here's what obeying the first commandment looks like in the New Testament. And you'll see how clear that is. And I'll ask you those questions as we move through it. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, which would be mind, body, soul, spirit, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what does that look like? The next thing you want to write is this. Here's the goal. In every area of my life, God will be first consulted and then obeyed. So what does that mean? When I have to make a decision on my personal life, my daily devotions, my family life, my business, my possessions, my thought life, my dating life, my computer, my book reading, my movies... I consult God first. I'm not making those calls. I'm not making those decisions. Now, that doesn't make us brainless. It doesn't make us idiots. It doesn't make us robots. There's plenty of decisions that we make in a common, everyday kind of thing. We start the service at 6. We end at 7.30. You know, that's the kind of thing we do. We don't need God to come and say, no, it should be 6.22 and 6. That's foolishness. We have common sense things that we do. We wear shoes, we wear dude, although when you teach an Indian, you don't teach your shoes on, whatever, you do that because that's what they do. I don't have to consult God, that's normal stuff. But in the basic decisions of life, where I'm having choices between here and there, every area of my life, every area of my thought life, I cannot be on the throne. If I am, I've disobeyed the first commandment. So God has to be there. Oswald Chambers has a great statement. Charles Stanley uses part of it. Oswald Chambers, who came before Charles, by the way, Charles Stanley's a great Bible teacher. Look what Oswald Chambers says. This is something you ought to write in your Bible somewhere because it's one of the keys, I think, to all of our life. Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. You'll hear Charles Stanley say it a million times. Well, it came from Oswald Chambers. What does it mean? Obey God and just leave all the consequences to him. What does that simply mean? It means I trust God. If I obey you, If I do the right thing, God, if I do the right thing, what's going to happen here? You leave the consequences to God. You see, if you do the right thing, God takes care of everything. Matthew 6, seek him first, everything else falls into place. So very often in counseling, we we counsel people, and they come into the office, and they're making the decisions. Divorce, living with someone, going to have an abortion, a million different things. By the way, tax time's coming. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Who's making the calls? Well, I mean, no, I mean, who's making the calls? Well, if I do that, I don't know what's going to happen. No, no, obey God 
You leave all the consequences to him. See, if we do what's right, the rest doesn't matter. So in all of these counseling sessions we make, here's the problem in our offices. We can't get the people off this throne. They will not trust God. In the beginning, God. He has all the right. He makes the rules. He sets it up perfectly. And if we'll obey him, the rest of the things work. You know, well, Pastor Martin, I mean, Joseph obeyed him. Look what happened to him. Daniel obeyed him. Look what happened to him. Paul obeyed him. He got beat. He got... Yeah, but in the end, was it okay? Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Where are those people today? In heaven. And they serve God well. Now, turn with me to Matthew 19. Let's look at a story that should relate to you and I. We'll go through it very fast. But it should relate to you and I on an everyday basis, just exactly where we are. Matthew 19, verse 16. Now a man came to Jesus and asked, By the way, we know this is a rich, young ruler. Can't get any better than that. And he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What was this young Jewish man's concept of getting to heaven? Exactly what I said to you before. The Jewish people would say they'd have two ways to do it. One, I'm Jewish. I'm already in. Well, we laugh, but they were what? God's what kind of people? Chosen people. But that wasn't true because they had to deal with their sin problem. The second thing they would do is, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments because they're stepping points to eternal life. That's still a concept in all of the world today. If I can do good enough, if I can please enough gods, I'll be fine. So this young man... And you're going to see he doesn't really get it. But what is he searching for? Look at that last word. Eternal life. What's he searching for? He's empty. He's rich. He's a business owner. He's young. He's good looking. But he's searching. Jesus replied, Well, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. In other words, if you're going to call me teacher, you missed it. I'm God. If you want to enter life, notice what Jesus says. Obey the commandments. Well, Pastor Mark, I thought you told us you can't get to heaven by obeying the commandments. Exactly. Just hold on, relax. Watch what Jesus is doing. Jesus was using the Ten Commandments as a point of reference. He's going to say to the young man who knows the Ten Commandments, you'll see this clearly, you can't get there by keeping the Ten Commandments. But it's a starting point. It's a stimulation point. Remember, the Ten Commandments produce conviction in us. When I look at the commandment that says, don't covet, and Circuit City goes out of business, and you go in the store, and it's 70% off. Why do you want that? Well, my neighbor had one, and it's Super Bowl weekend. That does what? It stimulates coveting. That's what the law did. It would drive us to Jesus. By the way, notice who this young man comes to. Look at verse 18. Well, which ones? The man inquired. 
Look which one Jesus gives. He doesn't give the ones that have to do with God. He has the ones that do with man. He says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, and honor your father and mother. And love your neighbor as yourself, which was the second part of that great commandment. Look at verse 20. Stupid kid. Remember? Sheep are stupid. This guy's stupid. The only story he says, I've kept them all. What do I lack? Ever meet a young person? You've been there. I've been there. Young people have all the answers. Correct? Yeah, we're perfect. He says, I've kept them all. Had he kept them all? Come on. We already know that. No, he hasn't. So Jesus answered. But notice, Jesus is pretty kind. He doesn't say stupid. (laughs) He doesn't say liar. What does he say? He goes right to the heart of the matter. I think it's classic. He says, uh, if you want to be perfect, in other words, the only way you're going to get to heaven is keep the Ten Commandments perfect. Did anybody ever do it? No, never will. Except for who? Jesus. Go and sell your possessions, give them to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, period. But it's not at the end of the sentence. Then come and follow me. Who would become this man's God? Money, wealth, possessions. What Jesus was saying is, Without saying it, all your possessions, they're your God. Now, you have an, in fact, you've disobeyed the very first commandment. And so, even if you kept all the others, does it matter? Hello? Doesn't matter. So, which one does Jesus go to? The one that what? The one that matters. See, if you miss this one, the rest don't matter. It's not about being moral. It's about putting God first and loving him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. So he says to the young man, everything you own, your business, you're the chairman of the board. You can't get there. You need to get rid of that. You need to change places with God. So sell everything you have. Get off your high horse. Quit using that as a way you think to get into heaven. First, you got to do that. Empty yourself, get out here. And then the next thing is, come and follow me. See, it's a lifestyle. Why do we call people Christ followers? Because that's exactly what Jesus said to the young man. He didn't say, if you get of all of your riches, you can be good enough to go to heaven. That didn't have anything to do with it. All he was saying is, look, you got to get rid of what's first in your life. Sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and then follow me. These two steps of obedience would obey, fulfill this first commandment. These two steps of obedience. What two steps? Getting him off the throne, his money, and then following Jesus. You see, it's a lifestyle. Do you know how many people today do the first? They accept Jesus Christ. They ask him to be their Lord and Savior. They come to an altar. They make a profession of faith. And as soon as a week or two goes by, where are they? There's no following Jesus. I listened to an interview yesterday of Kurt Warner. He said what happens is there's so many guys in the locker rooms of the National Football League that say the right thing. But he says, when you're in the locker room and you're in the stadium and you're out with the hotels, 
There's absolutely no difference in their life than the guys who don't call themselves believers. What have they done? Well, they've made a nice few words, but they're not in the process of following Jesus. We'll have a lot to see about that when we get to the third commandment. So, if this young man would do two things, he would obey that commandment. Well, look at verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. You see, this young ruler didn't own riches. These riches owned the young ruler. Money, possessions, stuff had become his God. No need to obey God and leave all the quenches to him. He couldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Notice the rich young ruler refused to obey then the very first commandment. Because of that, the rest didn't matter. There would be no chance to eternal life. So what happens? This young ruler came asking the one who could tell him truth. How do I get to heaven? Everybody wants to know that. Jesus says, here's how. you got to love God with all your heart, mind, body, spirit, strength, soul, every part of you. you got to love him, and you got to follow me. It's a lifestyle of continuing to love him. There'll be more commandments. There'll be more things. So you have to take yourself off that throne, put God there, and let's go for it. Follow me because my father's on my throne. You watch me as we go. But he went away sad. Here in Melbourne and Vieira, let me ask you a question. Will you go away sad? Will you risk your eternal life because you're too prideful to put God where he wants? Remember, these guardrails are for your good. They're not for bad. This would have freed this young man. But he was bound by his riches. Where did it leave him? Empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of dying. Why do you think he went? Because he was thinking about eternal life as a young man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus later would say this, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. That's exactly what Jesus just said to the young man. Obey me. You love the Father? Then you'll love me, because the Father and I are one. So, two things to write. Say, Pastor Mark, this love stuff, what's this love stuff all about? Well, it's that word agape love. It's that commitment. Notice the first one. Next thing. We show God we love him by obeying him. You can't say, I love you, Lord, and sit on the throne of your life. doesn't work. doesn't work. doesn't work for me. doesn't work for you. By the way, you can't show that you love God by trying to be a buddy with him. And Well, God, I'll give you 80%. I'll take the 20. That's good, isn't it? 80% of the decisions you can make, 20 I'll make. No, it doesn't work that way. God wants to make all the calls in our life. And we simply obey. Number two, we show God we love him by not only obeying him, but following him. See, inauthentic believers 
destroy the witness of real believers. We'll have a lot more to say about that when we get to the third commandment. So we show God we love him by following him. The Bible tells us that the secret to a meaningful life is simply to become a follower of Christ. When I put God on the throne, there's purpose and meaning in my life because God makes it so. Now, I want to ask you a question. Look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Let's read what Jesus said, and we're going to do some things with it right here. Listen to this. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Say with me, all, all. How much is all? All. Okay, let's go to the chair. How much does God want of this chair? Well, that's good. How much can I have? A little? You mean God wants it? Really? You can go home. I mean, is that true? Yes, it is. He wants it all. But Pastor Mike, if I give it all, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. Obey God and leave all the... Say it with me. Obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. Is that safe? Safest thing we've ever done in our lives. Why? Because He's God. You sang a beautiful song about Him. He's God. So, let me ask you a question. Who's on the throne of your life? For some of you, you've never moved over and asked God to come right here. See, God wants to be here. You can't be there. You can't be partly there. So, Pastor, I'll wait till later to be there. No, you can't do that. God wants to be here now. You see, if God isn't here, you have no chance of going to heaven. You have no chance of obeying the very first command that God gave in the Ten Commandments. Second, you don't obey the greatest command, which Jesus said to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength, the whole being. And then you simply follow him. So how do I get out of here? Well, Jesus just simply said to the young man, basically that, get rid of what's keeping you from there. What's keeping you? Oh, it probably isn't your riches. It's your sin. Well, Jesus took care of that. He went to the cross. If you're in that chair and God isn't there, you need to take care of it. Quit making the calls in your life because the calls aren't yours to make. You put God there. Pastor Mark, if I do that, I may have to break up this relationship. I'm not sure what's going to happen over here. I don't know what will take place there. What are we going to do with that? Obey God. Leave the consequences to Him. It'll work. Pastor Mark taught today about the idea of God being the ruler and decision maker of your life. He talked about Jesus' example, how he spent time talking to God and getting instructions from him. You were reminded that Jesus obeyed his Father in everything, even going to the cross. You were told that obeying God is how you confirm your love for him. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, No Other Gods. Next time, he'll begin the teaching, Don't Make Idols. You'll hear why God made this rule for the Israelites and how it applies to you today. You'll learn the definition of idol and how it doesn't have to be a physical object. You'll learn how the concept of faith wraps itself in serving and obeying God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.